Welcome to episode three of Leading Ladies. Uh, I'm Mata Razai. I'm Sue Hawks. And each episode of this podcast, we talk about a topic that women business owners face. And today, we're going to talk about how there is no there there. There is no there. there. What do we mean by that? <laughs> do we mean? I think we mean that when you start a business, you know, I think we all have some pretense, and I'm serious when I use, or illusion, pretense or illusion, one of the two, of there's going to be a destination, that I'm going to be free in all senses of the word, financially, especially with my time, with who I choose to spend time with. I'm going to have this fabulous life that this business is going to afford me. And that freedom is, you know, I'm not going to live by anyone else's rules. I'm not going to have to succumb my nature to some, to conform. And I think at the base of it, that's what it is for me. And when I started, I always thought I was going to get there mm-hmm. and that it was a destination and the business was an immediate conduit. So that's how I think about it. How about you? I think about it that um, it always feels like there is a mirage. Like <laughs> you see it and you're like, oh, that looks great. And so like the first there, the first mirage is working for yourself, not working for anybody anymore. That's going to be so great. And Which then, it is. <laughs> and then you, but I think it's great in different ways than you think about when you're working for somebody mm-hmm. else. I think you're thinking mainly of like, you're going to have autonomy and you're going to have free time and you're going to have like all of this stuff and you don't realize, yes, you will have some of that and you will also have a whole lot of other things (laughs) as well that you weren't counting on um, that might not be so great. And then I think you get in there and you're doing it and you think the next mirage, the next there is like, oh, if I just get someone helping me, yeah, if I I just, and it can be a role, a particular thing can just be like, someone else that you are feeling lonely so you're thinking that if you get that next person you're going to feel less lonely or you're going to have more time or whatever it is and you know again that solves part of it but then it brings with it so many other things you weren't expecting and then your next there can be like oh if we just get through this whatever next phase we get to this amount of revenue if we get this next client and ultimately you realize that like a mirage or like a horizon line there it doesn't exist every time you get you think to where it was it's the next one out yeah. and you start to realize that like to the degree that it can inspire you and motivate you to keep moving forward and striving it's great to the degree that you choose to let the absence of the final sort of thing the there the absence of the there uh, disappoint you Right. Uh, and disillusion you, it can not serve you well. Right. Well, and I think it's a series of that, to your point, is, you know, the there moves. Yes. You know, so there, getting there, is like you think you're going to get there, and then there's some relief from whatever the stress is you're feeling. And so sometimes it's getting your office. Like if you're home officing and you're just bootstrapping things and you're trying to get to the office, and then you get an office and you go, oh, my God, I've got a lease. Oh, now I'm chained in here. And I remember a crashing reality early in business where I remember resenting how busy I was. Now it was my business. My there was I own my time. I'm free. I get to do whatever I want. Yep, that was my there. And 
as dumb as this sounds, as naive as this is, I remember stopping and going, I made that calendar. No one's chaining me to these hours, Monday through Friday. But somehow I felt like I had to fill that in to accommodate those I was beholden to. And so the light bulb went off, like you own the company, you get to say I'm done at this time or whatnot. And it was just the most glaringly powerful, like my, my calendar looked exactly like it did at any other point in my life. So I went, I'm the problem. The there is in my brain at that point, how do I adjust things for the life I say I'm having this business to afford? So that the business, you know, it's shifting that mindset from I have no control and I'm a slave to my business and my business affords me a vocation or a job to the business needs to serve the life I want to lead. Is it doing that well and what do I need to make that happen? And I think that transformation is a lifelong journey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that aspect of looking at every, every single aspect, I think, of business ownership and the experience of business ownership has multiple facets. So it's like, what facet are you looking at? And I think initially when we're looking at from a certain angle, when we're driving to something, we see a single facet of it. And that facet looks shiny and beautiful. And we don't see the other side, you know, and, and which is tarnished. Yeah. <laughs> or just multifaceted is I think like the thing is like, we're seeing a singular angle when we're heading straight for something. We don't see all the other perspectives of it. Yeah. And I think for me, one of those was I always knew that I wanted to provide a certain amount, a certain type of experience and certain type of benefits. Uh, for employees. I just didn't realize the amount of work and administration and upkeep and whatever that that would take. And just in the first few years, like every single, whether it was like, you know, getting requests for workers' comp audits, and I didn't know what that was. And the only time <laughs> I'd ever heard the word audit was like on TV when it, you know, several men from the IRS show up. It's really bad. You know, it is. I was so stressed. What, I was, what was I being asked to do here to you know, just reevaluating the type of health insurance options that you're offering year over year to someone's age goes up and suddenly your monthly bill is different. You're trying to reconcile what is happening. And until you've been through all of these things, right? it feels like I don't understand. I was trying to do this good thing and now it feels like this punishment. It's like you've moved from the one facet, which was like, this is great. We can offer health insurance to the other side of it, which is like, Holy wow, offering health insurance brings with it a profound amount of administration. No kidding. That I didn't expect. And so I think all of those things, and then you start to feel like, oh, if I just had maybe an office manager or an HR person yes. who could deal with these. But again, that's your next there. But is it a true, is it a mirage? Is it actually going to offer any relief or is that going to bring with it its whole? Now you have another employee, so you have to make sure that you're selling enough. And they talk and think. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> and so so that aspect of things of just it's continually moving, it's continually right. evolving. And whatever each person's there is, you don't fully understand everything that's involved in it. Yeah. No, I think that's a powerful point because you're thinking about the resolution it brings to the problem you have, not what comes with it yes. to maintain it yes. or them or yes. you know whatever it is. It's just like getting that office. 
it's all the facets of taking care of an office, including we have to furnish it, and then we have food and beverage, and we have custodial work, and we have things that break, and gosh, people don't treat things the way they do at their own home, or maybe they do exactly that, and they break things. Yeah. And so it's that constant, oh, and then there's, if you own your building, you know, you have all the repairs and the capital expenditures and wow, you need a new driveway or you need a new roof. And no different than a home, you start to say, wow, this, we bought on a whole lot more of those facets, you know, and I want to talk a little bit about how you talk about theirs because we were in a different meeting together and it was around expectations, you know? And so expectations to me are these large um, assumptions that we've both consciously and unconsciously adopted, whether in our upbringing, through work, through education, in the circles we run in with our friends, whatever, that we may not have fully understood that we think like a business owner should and fill in the blank. And if I own a business, I expect that this will be the experience and what it brings and all of that. And I think that's packed in here. And then there's goals, which are vastly different than an expectation to me, because I think the logical you know, response can be, well, then why would you ever have a goal? Because expectations, how often do we hit them? I mean, almost never. Almost never. In fact, probably never. No, but, and, and the process of trying to hit them, I think, often brings us misery. Yeah, anxiety, stress. I mean, it's crazy yeah. because I should be happy. I should be free. I should be independent. I should be powerful. People should worship me. I'm a business owner. That says something. And I think expectations, at least when I examine my own, are a little bit amorphous. I think like a goal, when I think about goals that I have, mm -hmm. typically when I have a goal, it's something that I can measure. Yep. And an expectation is like slippery yeah. and I can't get my arms around it other than to know it doesn't feel like I have it. Right. And so I think even like, when I think I, when have, I it. have it. Yeah. And so I think like that aspect too of like it feels like this like like you're trying to catch air. Right. You know, and it's and it's not working and it just feels like you're never again, you're just chasing it and it's not getting there. So the expectation that if I own a business, I'll feel a certain way. I'll feel in control of my time. Oh, yeah. And like, instead of thinking, I want to be able to prioritize, a goal I have is to prioritize my workouts. Or right. a goal I have is to be able to find the time to spend, you know, X amount of time with my kids or whatever it is. Like, it's easier to set a goal, but the expectation that you are going to feel a certain way about your time yep. is so amorphous. Oh, it's so true. And goals are so finite. Mm -hmm. You know, again, whether it's quantifiable or not, qualitatively, I think about goals and I think, oh my gosh, if I can set that and hit that. The problem is, I think our DNA as women and as business owners, and I do think it's a double whammy, I, I think achievement-oriented people to make it less gender-specific, but we are talking to women primarily, is set the bar, challenge me, I will rise. I will hit that sucker every time because that's the in my fiber. But I think the downside of it is once you've done it, at least to me, I find that's now, now that's the bottom. That's now my basement floor because I did that, so I'm going to raise that bar. 
And I find myself in these situations around the theirs that I keep making them a little more unattainable to kind of prove to myself and God knows the audience that's not really there because they're worrying about themselves. <laughs> um, yes. But that audience, whoever they are going like, look, I did it again. I did that. I can do things other people either shrink from or can't quite do or wouldn't imagine. And I get some kind of a charge from that. And I think if all of us are honest, there's a little bit of that driving some of this like, watch this world. Yeah, where the extraordinary becomes yeah. the expected. Right. As an employee, uh, I used to call that no good deed goes unpunished. Right. Um, and that meaning <laughs> that if, you know, you ever like went above and beyond, that that was just like now part of the basic expectation of your role. And I think as uh, entrepreneurs, as women business owners, we now do that to ourselves. Right. And I also think that like recognizing that these states of being these goals when we achieve them it's not a static destination right and i think like this thing too where i find this disappointment that i experience where like some aspect of the business will finally click into place and be going really well and then if three months down the road six months down the road 18 months down the road you know like i think that's about the longest anything sort of like has ever chugged along smoothly uh, without that's needing pretty to good. Fine. <laughs> and that's maybe like a system or something, you know, like a process. The first time though, it hits that snag because everything is moving, changing, shifting all the time and nothing is stagnant. Right. But it's like you get it settled, you figure out how are we going to deal with this aspect of the business? How are we, or how are we going to deal with this one thing that's a challenge and you conquer it? it feels like a personal failure the next time you need to revisit it. Right. Instead of a natural course of events that everything is shifting and evolving, why would this not need to be revisited too? But I just have had to, and I still do, have to constantly remind myself, this is, this is not my personal failure. I didn't fail in attaining that goal or fixing it or addressing it six months ago. It's just that everything is different now and I need to do that work again. Sometimes in a minor way to make a revision to get it aligned and sometimes in a major way. But I've stopped seeing that as like a failure of past me when in fact it was okay. See, and I think I don't do that. I, I People I know do that because they are um, more analytical and more systematic. I am constantly going, of course it's gonna break, I get frustrated. I get more like that shouldn't break. Uh, so I don't see, I don't take it personally. It's more like, I've already dealt with that. I don't wanna deal with that one again. Yes. Like we've done that and we've conquered it. And so I find it's more of a, I'm frustrated because I expect once it's done, it should continue on. So it's more like I get surprised by that and I have a very low bar over time for dealing with the same problem over time. Like I'll say, we fixed that, freaking fix it again and let's not revisit it. So it never feels like, oh yeah, we screwed that up or I screwed that up or you screwed it up. It's like, it's not supposed to screw up. Interesting. Because we did it. I definitely take that on. <laughs> and I think if I had fixed it correctly uh, in the first place, it wouldn't be rising again. And I think, but that idea of the reality is, is everything is constantly right. in decay right and in motion right and so like it's going to 
need to be revisited. And that's why these expectations are so, like we should not have them. And that's another expectation yeah. is that you shouldn't have expectations. So I just want to say that publicly. But you know, the, with expectations, if you don't meet them, you will have disappointment, frustration, anger, resentment, whatever. It's a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. If you exceed them, you are happy, elated, amazed, you know, pleased, and any varying degree of happy. Um, and so being able to catch that and to have even the dialogue around, okay, but what did I expect here? And then also, is that aligned? And I think so often the problem is if it's a more unconscious expectation, like I'm a woman business owner, here's what I expect that to be like out in the big bad world. And then I'm either disappointed or elated. It's being able to catch that and say, wait a second, is that what I want? Is, does this even matter? Like, who cares? And so, so often... Give me an example. Well, I think about um, a lot of women, because I deal with a lot of you, and you, you and I are in some of the similar circles, but in WPO, I'll hear people say they go into an experience where... You know, it might be a more male-dominated field, so it's going to be hard, and it's going to be this, and it's good. they're going to be discriminatory, and these are going to be gender-biased kind of things. And then they might get the positive side of what supplier diversity offers them or getting a certification where it actually works. And I'm not saying it does all the time, but it actually works, and it was easier. And it's almost that, okay, um, should I have walked into this with kind of this moxie, this mm -hmm. tough, you know, I'm going to slog my way through, I'm going to fight this. You kind of come in with an attitude almost that's super powered or amped up that isn't necessary. Where if you walked in and you were just aligned with, these are my values, this is how I want to approach this. Yes, there's a lot of male-owned businesses here. They don't operate the way mine does. This is how mine does. And coming from a completely powerful place on that, this is going to be like a hot knife through butter if it's meant to go. And if it's not, I'm not going to will it forward. Mm -hmm. And I think too often we bring that disproportional um, force to bear when we assume too much around those expectations. Absolutely, especially when that's been our past experience. Because I think that that's right. the other thing too is all of a lot of the time, that initial, no one would have gotten anywhere if someone right. hadn't willed it. So accurate. You know, and so you forget you're not in a fight anymore. And I think like the first several times, line. you know, of, of anything versus the next, you know, and I mean, whether it's any new skill we're developing, you know, I was just yeah. sharing with you earlier um, that the first few years of me learning to do my month end year end quarter end financials was a several day process of doing and closing out the books and making sure everything was aligned. And now it's like a less than an hour process, but that was a fight. That right. was many Years. And did you recognize along the way that it was diminishing or did you not appreciate that? I don't know that I appreciated it until one day I realized I had set the day aside for it and it was 10.30 in the morning and I was done. <laughs> so you know, it was a surprise. Yeah, I was like, wow. Your expectations. And then, and, then I, and then my next immediate thing, of course, was to doubt myself. Right. I'm like, just going to cry. What did I miss? You know, um, so 
true. And I think, I think, but that sense of like when you start out, you and it's hard and it's a slog and you're fighting your way through it. Over time, it gets easier. You realize like, oh, it's hard to remember sometimes. This isn't going to be a fight anymore. But I think what you're saying is such a key distinction, which is when you begin something, you're new at it. And there's a learning curve with anything new for anyone. But I think we bring some kind of assumption again from, well, I'm really good at these other things and I'm a business owner or I'm a woman or I've done these things before and so. And then when you get into it, you go, oh, I really don't know what I'm doing here and I hate that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm an accomplished adult. If all, if I'm a great volleyball player, of course I'd be a great accountant, you know, which sounds ridiculous, but we make those assumptions about our expertise has been established well, in think, so many places. Yeah, especially when what it has been to date has been, I've set my focus and attention to X and I have succeeded. Right. So I think like, and for a lot of us that shows up early in life in sort of one of two categories, it shows up academically or it shows up in an extracurricular activity Yep. where for something we set our focus and attention and we experienced success. And so we have this belief that all it takes is to apply yourself. Right. Um, and so that if it's not working, it's that you're not working it hard enough. You're not working yeah, hard you, enough. Yeah, and you better work harder. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's such, and then as you grow, and particularly as you introduce aspects of business, it's so much more complex than that. It's so right. much more complex than how hard you're trying. Right. Um, and it's so much about so many factors. I think so much of that you've actually like um, talked about and written about even recently. We. Um, I was thinking about that article that you wrote recently about like whether like you're putting a fern uh, in the desert or like the rainforest, right? <laughs> yes. It's sort of like this thing of it's like it's trying super hard. Well, it's right. not the right environment. And I think we get these complexities in business where we want it just through our sheer force of will for something to work and it doesn't. And then we turn that inward. And again, yeah. that expectation. Yeah. No, I think that's accurate. And so often um, in this game, you know, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Running a business is not pretty and it's not for the faint of heart, you know. So there's so many opportunities for humility mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm not good at all things. Yes. And I think being able to accept that and then as your business to get it to grow, you have to be good at all things, right? If you start from a bootstrapping from the beginning. If you transplant yourself into an existing structure, yeah. you inherit yeah. whatever those that was pitfalls so much of what and I things and right. my experience. Yeah. Right. And some of that was, at, can in these moments where you have to figure out, can I survive here? Or is this right. going to kill me? Right. Am and I really, the fern? Yeah, yeah. And it really <laughs> does feel that way sometimes. Right. Uh, and so I don't think there's a better entree into it. So whether you're starting and bootstrapping, whether you're entering an existing entity, whether you've ascended some of the flights of stairs that now you've hired your own employees, it's that constant assumption that there's this new place you're gonna to get to, but you can't, I don't think you can um, free up the time and the headspace to get to any kind of there 
if there ever is a real one, where you have those moments of peace, which is what I think we're seeking, peace and freedom. Those moments where it clicks in, and I think they're more accidental than planful, personally. Because mm -hmm. I think, to your point, there are just times in life where sort of everything works together. Yeah. And then there are times when it seems like nothing works together and the spectrum in between is vast. And but in both of those instances, I think if you really examine it, you couldn't have predicted it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, and we want to though. Yeah, we the want need to. for control is I want to plan that, I want to control it, and you can't. Yeah, and I think when we use there, when we recognize that there is not a destination and that it's a process and it's a goal, and use it to inspire us to keep moving forward and growing rather than as a thing to flog ourselves with and be disappointed and frustrated because we're not achieving it. I think like that's the real key. I agree. I, what I would add in is, I think that was well said. I think about it is, is this moving me forward? Is it compelling me? Does it draw me forward to learn what I'm learning and to move toward this? Mm -hmm. or? Does it have me have a vastly different experience? Like I have to do it. I will get it done. I have to slog through it because those are, I think also great cues to say, should, am I the right person to be doing it? Or is this the right direction? And it's one of those two things. And sometimes, like you said, if it's the first time, it's a bit of a fight. We've yeah. got to figure it out. And, and doing I think it the first sometimes time is like in those, for, for me, I would even say I'm maybe a slow learner, but I think for me, it's like the first three or four before oh. I can even assess whether I'm the right person to be doing it. I'm just trying to get my bearings. It's sometimes so many aspects of business ownership feel like I have been put on a different planet where <laughs> gravity is operating differently. Where in the past, in a similar situation, if I pushed, it caused something to move forward. And here in this situation, if I push, it causes an explosion. And I'm like, what are the rules <laughs> of physics on this planet about this one certain aspect of business? And I feel like that is so humbling. And as you said, mm -hmm. it's like ugly sometimes and it's hard and it's frustrating, it's embarrassing because you're failing and you're not attempt, you're not trying to fail, you're not trying to cause an explosion. In your mind, when you pushed, you were actually gonna move something forward and you didn't. And so I think like that aspect of like recognizing that there's so many realms to it that you have to get in and so much of the first part of it is getting your bearings and figuring out like what are what it, what is going on here and how do I place myself within this framework and understand, back to your point, is this moving me forward? Is this where I need to be? Or, aha, I see that this is not the right place or role or set of things for me, yep. but there is someone who can handle this. But I think, so, so I wanna underscore, number one, you're not a slow learner. Um, I think we all have, you know, paths we take. I think in the older I've gotten, the more I start to say, is this compelling me? Is this moving me forward, not the business? Mm -hmm. And so it's shifting, like the result I want, I still want. But I'm starting to ask more, is this something I wanna keep throwing my energy at? And is my energy going up? And it's managing my own energy around it. Like, is this something I wanna really accelerate into? Because if you would ask me, to do three days worth of bookkeeping, I, I would rather put pins in my eyes. 
but you're in a, you were in a position where you were like, you felt like you had to, you felt like you could, you felt like you wanted to. And I used to tell people I did it to intuitive accounting, uh-huh. you know, so, and it was accurate because I wasn't going to put that much energy into it. I was going to put enough in that I knew generally we were fine or we were in trouble or what we needed to do. And it kept us in business beautifully. Um, I'm not sure your accountant would vote for that, right? And my business partner even said, that freaks me out that you're even saying it. <laughs> but I think too that you knew enough about it to understand the realm of it and to be able to be comfortable with what your decision that you were doing and it resulted in the outcome that enabled you to keep moving forward with it. Had everything- I don't know if that's true. I think it was cavalier, young. I'm cool with it because I don't want to put energy into it where now it's more thoughtful like that. I'm not sure I was wise enough to do that back then. I really am not. I think it was more like, I'm not the right person. I don't want to do it. It needs to be done. Somebody smarter than me will make sure we don't hit the rails. But I, I think it was more cavalier if I'm really honest. But I also think that you knew then that you maybe had access to someone to do it. At the end of the road. Yeah. After it's too late. Yeah. I think like, yeah, I think that aspect of like getting your bearings. Because what I was going to say when you were saying like I think about is it moving me forward is uh-huh. I feel like sometimes I don't even know if I'm going forward or backward or under. I like, I think like. And you're under the like, car. You're like recognizing some of those moments too is like there are moments where I want to be making a determination and right. I recognize in this moment, I am incapable of making a determination because mm. I cannot tell what is up and down and sideways. Like, I was thinking you were just sharing about being in Africa and uh, Victoria Falls and like those moments in the files where like the water and the f- spray and the thunderous noise and no one could talk. Right. And I think about like, for me, there's moments like that where I literally <laughs> am like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just, I'm just trying to get through. I think I won't Still die. My I know, like, if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other foot until, you know, and then you get sort of out of that thunderous moment, and you're like, whoo, okay, all right. right, that part over there is really intense. You know what? I'm going to leave that to someone <laughs> who loves water or whatever right. it is. But in the moment, you don't know what's happening. So I right. think, like, there's that piece, too, of, like, recognizing, again, back to that idea of the first time through it, versus the next time through it is to be patient and gentle with ourselves those first times those on the first journey to the intended there when we find out which doesn't exist is like that's okay that happens to everybody i totally agree and i i think if there was anything i wanted to leave people thinking about if you're listening to this it's if someone would have told me that a whole lot younger I think I would have kissed them. You know, I, it just would have been like this, really? Oh, it takes some pressure off, you yes. know, and being gentle with yourself really, truly. And there's so much to learn to running a fabulous business, whether it's a $100,000 business or a multi-billion dollar business. There are so many aspects. You couldn't possibly be masterful at all of it. And I think Jim Collins said something like, Anybody can be anybody can be good at a lot of things, but it takes someone really extraordinary to be absolutely extraordinary at only one thing. Wow. And I, I like that's such discernment. I'm certainly not there. I'm still trying to be good at many things. 
And I think to whittle that down to, you know, if you had one significant impact you could make for your company and you could really bring all of that to mastery and that was it, what would that impact be? And then surround yourself with people like that. And it's just sort of a, again, in my mind, a thrilling but unattainable kind of quest because everybody I know is great at lots of things. Um, jack of all trades rather yeah. than master of one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect place to end that, I think. All right. All right. Should we do our five things? We should. All right. Kick us off. Okay. I'll follow your order. So what are we reading? I am reading a book called Funny in Farsi. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's a memoir of a woman who also moved to the U.S. in the 70s. So I think the official title, the author's name is Firuza Duma, and uh, the official title is Funny in Farsi, A Memoir of Growing Up Iranian in America. Uh, and it is funny. I would recommend it. But what I'm surprised by is because it's also so my experience, it's less funny because it kind of bites a yes, little. Yes, yeah, yeah, than I expected it to be. So so I think, like, I was totally, I wanted, you know, something. You wanted really, that relatable, yeah, like, like a nice comfy pair of jeans. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> uh, you know, in a few points. Now, there are absolutely, and I think for others who are not Iranian immigrants from the 70s, <laughs> or when you're like, oh, yeah, that was painful. Um, it's very funny, and I would really recommend it. Well, so I could read it and yes. probably think it was hysterical, yes. but I would also empathize now yeah. with what you've told me. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, on the plane back, I read another Lencioni book because I'm kind of on a Lencioni track, and I read and reread his stuff because I think he's a brilliant leadership book. So you'll find my books are almost always business books because I just can't seem to read for fun unless it's to my children who have now grown. So I read Getting Naked by Lencioni. And in a similar way, we did not coordinate the, what we were going to say about the books ahead of time, is it's about a consultancy working with businesses and they merge with a larger firm and it's the navigation of what this other firm that was smaller but better and was stealing business from the bigger firm that acquired them to kind of take them out of the market. And I think it's Lencioni's journey also. Um, but interestingly, there were enough biting moments in there because I could relate to the gentleman who wanted to hate the leader of the other company because he was just sort of a um, powerful character in that he was charismatic and he was nice and he was stepping away from his business and he thought, oh, of course you can because you do everything perfectly. And, you know, these were Harvard MBA, classically trained, should be better you know, smarter, all this. And this was a scrappy little firm you walked into that had jeans on and they called themselves Lighthouse because there was a lighthouse in the back of their former school room that they had their office in. And, you know, they said they, they peed in the urinals that were kid height and, you know, drinking fountains in the hallway. And it's just very sloppy compared to their corporate sure. beautiful thing. And so it was just this great unraveling of lots of good business lessons about how to merge, but also just sort of what is a culture worth to you? What does it mean to be completely vulnerable? How do you translate that? And how do you eliminate those expectations of here's this amazing person and 
maybe they have something to teach us when we th we are doing the same thing but from completely different angles it's a very powerful also book i think it's let me say that sentence again it's also a very powerful book around what sales really is and how it's more about relationships than a process nice yeah That'll be good. I'll bring the fiction. You bring the nonfiction. Totally cool. All right. Totally cool by me. So no in, stretch. Insights or aha moments. So you mm. were just traveling. Yeah. I was just in South Africa for two weeks. And so as I said to Montab before this, I mean, I have lots because when you finally get time away. But I think the biggest takeaway from that is one was relative to, I'm going to kind of squeeze two in. One is how important time away is. Mm. I think what yes. I walked away from was... I have to build a better routine, and I know this, but I want to say it because I think it's useful of, on a weekly basis, putting space in for thinking time so that I'm working on and that I create some space between my ears. Mm -hmm. And that is critical, not wait and do two full weeks, which was glorious, but I was overdue, and I need a better practice of how I do that weekly or bi-weekly or something. And the second one is how incredibly small we are. Every time I travel to mountains and water and with large animals that can kill you this time, um, just how small we are and how finite our life is. It's so short and we are so insignificant and yet how do you have that impact? So those were my two insights and ahas. I love it. Thanks. I feel those every time I travel too. I think yeah. travel is such an important thing and mm -hmm. it's such a luxury for those of us who can afford it and who can make the time for it but is so profound yeah such a profound impact on my life every right. time I do it and how gentle you come back yeah graceful a little yes. more graceful I hope <laughs> yes yes <laughs> how about for, yours uh, mine I have so many friends who are going through a lot right now and I came across this quote uh, online, uh, and it says, for a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks, its insides come out, and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. Oh. And uh, I mm. just have been in this phase where I want to send that quote to like every single one of my friends who's going you need to send something. it to me. I will. I will. Uh, because it's just such a good reminder of like, that is growth. It looks like you're, you're completely coming undone. Mm -hmm. Um, but just to remember that's how that happens. And so it's not the end of you. It's the beginning of you. Yeah. It's, yeah. that's very beautiful. Yeah. Very profound. Right. Going All right. from that to WTF. Wow, Sue, that's fantastic. Yeah, so mine will be brief, and I'll try and spare the politics of it, but in Africa, again, it relates to the time away. We didn't have a lot of Wi-Fi, so I was truly disconnected, which was so fabulous to yes. get away from all the stuff going on politically and whatnot. But I will tell you, the very first thing I got was that we dropped a bomb on Syria and having the gap of anything leading up to and not much after and just kind of getting that data point, I, it caused me so much deep, profound pain in my body and my mind to 
ponder what's going on and is this just an attempt to save a presidency and lock some things in place or you know the expense of human life really bothers me um, and no matter how we justify that or not I, I don't want to get into that but it's like again lacking a lot of ramp up and a lot of ramp down from it I sat there going well, we're going to fly over these countries and will we get home? And is this impacting anything else and who's involved and what's happening back home? And then I kind of in a, I don't know that this is the best response, but I went, I'm here now. I'm going to be right where I am. This will take care of itself. It is for me to stay in this mindset of, oh my God, what's happening and what's this leading to isn't going to make me peaceful. And I, I was able to get some semblance of stability and peace while I was still traveling. But it was it was an odd sort of way because I couldn't reach out the way I would normally and read a bunch of stuff and sure, look at sure. what, you know, and I just couldn't. And I went, I'm not supposed to be here now. Let it go. And it was awful. <laughs> awful and wonderful, yeah. you know, together. How about you? Um, WTF. I think mine has just been that it's already the one year anniversary of the death of prince and i just feel like i still have it's so odd to me because i'm not a celebrity death person me in either in fact i often it probably shouldn't say this but i'm going to go ahead and say it. i often roll my eyes at people who feel the need to post r.i.p rest in peace so and so it's just like but i was and continue to be so impacted. I'm so on your page. And I don't understand the why or the how, but I am. And I feel like I still have so much undetonated grief about this. Mm -hmm. And it like comes out in weird ways. I get angry when people cover his songs. So I'm like, don't, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> beautiful ones I'm like why like I remember last summer at the Beyonce concert she covered I was like nope 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 and I love Beyonce but I was like unacceptable we do not cover that song um so I don't know it's weird I get weird about random things like that um but I'm just thinking like how can it have been a year and still how could that have happened so I'm I could echo 100% my Facebook post yesterday was I'm thinking in purple still can't believe it yep yeah. Identical thought. Yeah. All right. Do you have an oh hell no? Um. No, I think mine was all covered yeah, in too. the WTF. Me too. I totally. think we should collapse those. I feel yeah. like they're too similar. All right, let's all right. do that. Stuff I we love. That's good. Let's stuff we love. Stuff we okay, love. so because we're, I'm on a travel theme today, so bear with me. If you travel a little or a lot, and you do not own travel cubes. You must Google these things. They are the coolest thing, and it's simply a nylon rectangle, varying shapes and sizes, and you pack your clothes, and they have little videos you watch for like two minutes, and it shows you how to pack your clothes in it. I can almost guarantee you for a week-long trip, I can fit everything I need in a carry-on. Everything, and that's no matter whether it's a conference and I'm taking business things. You can pack more stuff into a bag than you ever knew because it's all organized and then zipped in and you take it out and it's pristine. And for someone who travels as much as I do, saves me. I, I never have to check a bag. I'm just telling you, I am giddy about those little things and everyone should own them. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you? I 
I'm going to stick with the travel theme and about something I recommended to you on your trip, which is... Saved my life, let me tell you. She's my hero. Which And I actually recommended it to a coworker of mine who went to uh, Europe as well, is compression socks. Compression socks are your friend. They're not the funnest to put on and wear, <laughs> but your legs and feet will thank you, especially for long flights. Actually, for me now at this point in my life. Any flight. Any flight. <laughs> but it says three hours or more. Yeah, but it's mm -hmm. really the difference that it makes is significant. So. Well, and I want to underscore, I have been on many trips, not, you know, because I used to go to Mexico six, seven times a year for work. And my, my ankles would be swollen when I got there. Yeah. And that's just a four, four and a half hour flight. It was terrible saved my life truly so i'm i'm a fan i'm a believer you might feel like an old person wearing them but they work yeah but they have you can google or like even go on amazon they have cute designer ones too oh like, i just got the airport black yeah, ones yeah. now i'm on that yeah yeah there's one of those stripes and polka dots and all kinds of stuff the things you learn right here there we go all, all right. right awesome well thank you for listening um and if you have any comments or feedback, you can email Sue or I. And share this. Please help us spread the good news. If this was useful, our whole job right here is to help other women business owners. And, you know, we're okay with a few enlightened men as well. <laughs> have a great week. Bye-bye.